0: Unity amongst diversity, next on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. <music> Mutual toleration. Now well, that's the title of the message, but it goes far beyond that. Hi there, welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. Today, we're back in Romans chapter 14, looking at verses one through 12. Now, the title is called Mutual Toleration, but it goes beyond that. There's a deeper ethos of love, of agape coexistence, if you will. Let's talk about it all today, shall we? Here's our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard, with today's broadcast of Truth For Today.
1: We never told the men how to dress. I mean, they look like they fell off a garbage truck anyway. But, you know, it was always for the women. We knew how they ought to try. And when I first started this church, I used to say, I grew up not believing in mixed bathing. And they all said, well, we did too. We didn't take a bath with our brother. I meant swimming. You never swim with females if you're the male, and I had back problems when we were living in Livermore, and I'd go to the Lawrence Radiation Lab to swim for my back, but I'm the dean of this Bible college, I thought, ooh, this is against the rules. You know, I got in the pool, it was great. When you're nearsighted, I saw no one. I mean, I'm waving at the lifeguard, he's over here. How could I lust? I couldn't see anything. Just like that. But man, if they turn me in, I could be in trouble. Because I'm mixed bathing. It's hilarious, but you'd believe how many churches have fighting over it. Cosmetics, oh, isn't that a big one? I grew up with people who couldn't wear cosmetics. Uh, or if you wore a little too much, you were Jezebel. And a lot of those sisters needed help. <laughs> but, but you know, we just weren't allowed. We just uh, the barn needed painting. If you know what I mean. But man, when I, my wife never wore makeup till we started this church, uh, and I said, "Wear makeup." She never questioned. Yeah, I said, "There's no Bible against that." But culturally, I ran with people that was wrong. Can't do uh, jewelry. Uh, I grew up with people that even you had to take off your wedding band in certain groups. You couldn't even wear a wedding band. Where did all this stuff come from? Scruples? This or that? Just, I don't know, somebody eat too much and they make a new rule? Or, or, or that was wrong? And so all of a sudden you get in this fellowship of believers. We're supposed to be celebrating Christ and the cross and what we got in common. And I meet you and say, By the way, do you go to dances? I, uh, I haven't, but I would have if I could. Man, oh. I can't have fellowship with you. You're worldly. I went to uh, uh, Western Baptist College. I in now Cerritos, started my junior year there. And uh, I said, I'd never, I was just forced to hang out with Baptists because I wanted to go to school locally. I didn't want to move into a dorm. My mom could outcook anything in the, uh, at the school. I said, I want Mom Howard to be my cook. She's my dorm mother. I don't need some room advisor. Mama, you iron. Mama, Rich learned to iron at San Jose State. I kept mama on the payroll. Mama, keep iron. So I go to Western Baptist, but they don't even have the Holy Ghost. They don't have it. And I go in the bookstore, and there's Mrs. Hills. And when I see her, she has no makeup on. I said, What's wrong with you? You're a Baptist. You're supposed to be worldly. More than prejudice, was I? I'm just telling you, the weaker brother. And she said, "Well, I, I choose not to wear. Does that bother you?" I said, well, no. I thought all you Baptists painted up all the time, go to movies all the time, and boogie on Saturday night. And i mean, a regular Baptist. You don't know anything about regular Baptists. are as strict as you want to get." And she said, "No, I feel fine without it. I hope it doesn't bother you." I said, "Well, boy, I didn't know there was any Baptists." it doesn't make any difference, but I didn't know because." I grew up with people, man, this was wrong, that's wrong, this. And as I grew in knowledge, I said, that's not wrong. They're just weak. They don't have knowledge. They don't know. But for them, they can't do it because they don't know. Learn your Bible, and you can do more things. (laughs) But it won't be sin. Look at the first thing he says here. Accept them because God does. Verse 3, you're looking down on each other. You're condemning each other. Cut it out. God has accepted them. Verse 3, how dare we not to accept whom God accepts? Well, I hear you're doing this. I can't do that. Well, that's fine. I don't want you to do it. Leave me alone while I do it right? But sometimes, church life can be a bunch of nosiness. This, not necessarily of you precious people, but some make it their business to tell everybody what they can do, and it's none of your business. Now, if you're out in open sin, that's a different matter. We're talking about questionable, disputable, Areas where you could do it or not do it. So he says, let's accept people that God accepts and not be judging them. And then he says, uh, let's uh, know that God will sustain them. Look at verse four. Who are you to judge someone else's servant to his own master? He stands or falls and he will stand for the Lord is able to make him stand. And the word here for servant is household slave. And he, and he calls the master here. And something that you never did in that culture, I had no rights to tell your servant what to do. Let's say I'm a guest in your home. It'd be somewhat like a man's children, but sometimes your children need to be straightened out. But anyway, uh, but not in this sense that when a master, his servant there is waiting at the table, you as a guest can't boss that servant around. Oh, oh you just cross all boundaries of propriety. It, do not boss my servant. There's only one master in this house. And in God's church, there's only one master. It's not the strong or the weak. It's the Almighty, God the Son. And he says, you know what? I, it's a metaphor when he says they shall stand or fall. It's believed to be metaphorical for they will be approved or disapproved. The only way in this house you get divine approval is you do what the master says. He's the only one that can approve you or disapprove you, not the judgmental spirit going back and forth between the brethren. He alone can sustain us. So we must live out our Christian life to him. That's the third thing he says. Uh, Live as though God is your Lord and sovereign. Christianity is to be lived vertically to God. Listen to what he says. One man esteems one day above another. Another doesn't. One eats meat, one doesn't. Then he says, the guy that eats meat, he does it to the Lord he gives thanks to God. The one who doesn't eat the meat does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. So the weaker brother and the strong brother both says, I'm doing what I'm doing is unto you, Lord, and I thank you, I thank you for vegetables. The guy over here said, man, you ought to eat this steak. And he said, I I can't, Uh, you're eating pork. I'd say, and I'm a Jewish Christian, I can't. But but this guy over here, this strong guy, he can say, Lord, I thank you for this food. And God receives it, I, I wanna honor you, thank you. The guy over here that says, I can't eat that meat, but I thank you for the vegetables. And he says, hey, God is pleased with both believers. Because they're doing it as unto the Lord, And it doesn't matter to the Lord if this guy eats meat, and it doesn't matter to him if this guy becomes vegetarian. It doesn't matter. Just do it unto me and give me thanks. That's a good way to govern your food. Eat anything you can give thanks for. And so he said, why? Because none of us lives to himself alone. Isn't it just about me? No, not if you're a Christian. You were bought to live out your life before God, weren't you? Whether you eat or drink, do all to the glory of God. You mean God cares about what I eat? Not the what you eat, but the attitude when you eat. Did you do it with thanks and as to the Lord? What can you do that God isn't concerned that you do it for his glory? Your life is not your life. Oh, you think it is, but it's not. You're not in charge of the day you were born. You most likely will not be in charge of the day you die. And what does he say about God's children? We don't live to ourselves. we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. What a way to live. Uh, I think something that's amazing, sometimes when um, Carol and I talk, as we grew up same circles, we were just as happy in the Lord when we were in the week of brother camp as we are with strong Christians. These Christians, that can do everything and they, they, no scruples, and they got this... In, in, I think, improved and greater knowledge. But we often look back then and everybody would call you grew up on legalism and you grew up on this and that. And, and if you stood outside of it, we, we did. Why all those necessary rules and stuff? But you know, the, this is quirky. We had so much joy. We enjoyed Christianity as much in those circles as we do here. You know why? We were living for the Lord. We were abstaining because we thought if that's what the Lord wants, that's okay with us. If he doesn't want us to wear makeup, no big deal. If we can wear it, good. I was really happy. Uh, You know, we were still happy in Jesus. And you'll see people in certain groups, especially if you're the strong brother category, say, oh, they must be miserable. You'd be amazed at how happy they are. Because if they're doing what they think is right as to the Lord, they're happy. They're abounding. And if you're over here in strength judging them, he's going to make you miserable. Because he says, "Why, well, you proud, judgmental, smart aleck. Leave them alone, and keep eating your meat, and don't observe their days, but don't judge them. And you guys quit despising them, because you're saying, wow, look it, they could eat filet mignon, and I've been eating turnip greens for a month. If I could just sin, I'd have one of those steaks. And this guy's saying, come on over to the strong crowd. And the guy says, huh, ah, I want to do it. Boom, he grabs it and he sins because he didn't have knowledge. You can't do it if your conscience condemns you. Dress, co- um, You know, I, I think of the, the final thing he says here. He said, um, we not only, only have one Lord we lived before. He says, there's only going to be one Judge. And God is going to judge every one of us individually uh, in his presence. And you you weigh out is it for my sins or is it for my Christian life? I don't think your sins ever come up again as a Christian. But it's going to be whether you chose to honor God with your body as a Christian. And if you lived it out before the Lord or did you live selfishly for yourself? Did you. Uh, Invest your life in a bunch of wood, hay, and stubble. Just a bunch of stuff that God says it's worthless to me. Only what you do for me is worth being rewarded. But I'm gonna ask you when you stand before me things like this, why did you do it? Did you consider your brother? Who's my brother? When you come to know me, I make you accountable for being considerate of your brother. You don't have to buy all of his convictions. You don't have to buy all of his scruples, but you must be considerate of one another. And so we're a body of mutual toleration in the area of liberties. You know, I look back uh, on some of the things that uh, I did that now, uh, there's so, Silly, and so stupid in a way. Out of context, I always think of this, it was a big deal when I went to Helms, uh, every ninth grade year, uh, they would ha- the top 10 athletes in the school would play against the faculty in front of the student body, and I made this basketball team. I know that's hard for some of you to believe, but I made the team and I'll deal with you later. I used to be a high jumper. I was doing the role before it was popular. And I won. And uh, so I made the team. Man, that was a great honor. It's like getting gold trunks It helps made this team a lot of guys i grew up in grammar school with we've been playing ball a long time so when we got junior high we still had the move together we're going to play the faculty and everything well i just became a christian uh, in the eighth grade i fell back i got right with god by the time i'm in the ninth grade i make the team and everything we're getting ready to do this and get this you junior hires can't even relate to this but you got to listen to maturity talk not old age maturity uh i got to pray and our girls weren't allowed to wear shorts in our church girls couldn't wear shorts so what did i do well i would have to wear basketball trunks and someone's liable to see my knees in lust (laughs) hold off the lust Hold it off, hold off. They were better at one time. At 14, I had a knee you couldn't believe. And so I'm thinking, hey, if it's wrong for our girls, it must be wrong for me. Isn't that silly? Guess what I did, I went to the coach, I said, man, all the way through, I wanted to make this team. I couldn't even go in to tell her. I said, I just, uh, for personal reasons, I just can't do it. So I didn't play. And I went on, I was sad about it. But you know what? As I went on down here, I thought, man, I could have made the team and they'd still be talking about me. (laughs) They would have my name on the wall. The guy that missed every shot or something. You know, I want it. That's big. That's big stuff. And knowledge down here, I said, why, wow, that's so silly. So silly. Back here, it was a triumph of my faith. In my knowledge box, though it was wrong, I acted in keeping with this narrow view, weaker brother behavior, and I passed the test I missed the game. It wouldn't have been sin either way, but I would have sinned to do it if I thought it was wrong. I say that because it seems so absurd. And there's things in your life and you're coming up, the issue is not the questionable. Is it, can you do it before the Lord with a clear conscience? And then do this. Don't worry if anybody else in the church could do it or can't do it. Just mind your own business because we're not the Lord of our brother, are we? We can't sustain our brother. Uh, we're supposed to be accepting. I love what Jim Cimbala t- tells a story that he's praying that God would help him to love people. And he pastors, of course, if you know Brooklyn Tab, and a lot, of, uh, a lot of folks to love in that area. And he said, uh, one Sunday morning, I believe as I said, they meet four times on Sunday, one of those services. He um, uh, had been praying about this matter of loving people, and he invited people that wanted prayer or whatever, and he said he just went down front like they do there, and he said uh, all of a sudden a derelict was coming down the aisle. And he said the hair was matted. You could tell it had not been bathed. Said as he got closer, he smelled urine, smelled the body that hadn't been bathed for days. And he was just saying to him, he said he couldn't hardly stand the stench. And uh, as a man came, Jim at first wanted to lay hands on him. And the Lord said, embrace him. Embrace him. Put your head right into his matted hair. Maybe lice infested." I want you to love him. I want you to embrace him. I want you to tell him Jesus loves him. And he did. And it led him to Jesus. And God transformed his life. I want to tell you, when I started this church, I said, I refuse to put people under rules. I am not here to talk about makeup. I'm not here to talk about dances. I'm not here to talk about whether you drink or not. I'm here about the cross and about the grace of God, and nobody too bad can walk through that back door that Jesus can't change. And I'm gonna be about Jesus and about the word, and that God can take a promiscuous young girl, God can take a homosexual boy and embrace him, Embrace them and love them to the Lord. You don't have to get your act together for God loved me when my was my worst I wasn't doing the right when he found me and you weren't doing the right He didn't save you because you were so good You were rotten to the core and he found you in your sin and your despair and your pain And he said come to me. I'll embrace you. I'll embrace you come close. I didn't have to come and say unclean unclean. God knew I was I love what Jesus said in John 3, I didn't come to condemn you. And this is what it says in the Greek, for I already found you condemned. Moses and the rules had already convinced you. You were a lawbreaker. You were an adulterer, a thief, a murderer, and all the things of the law. But he said, when I came, I didn't come to condemn. Moses had done a good job. I came to embrace you. And if you look on me like the serpent lifted up in the wilderness, look unto me and you shall be saved. I'll embrace. Though you're diseased, though you're dirty, I want to take you and enfold you. And see, when I look at Betty and those back there, this Mitch, Mitch got saved every week for about a month, he tells me. He'd come every week. He wanted to be sure. Thank God it took finally. It did take. He saved saved a Richmond hoodlum. And God saved him, just like he saved you. And so let me tell you, church, hear me well. Hear me well. I will die for embracing people at the foot of the cross. And I will sing, there's room at the cross for you. Come on. I don't care if you're homosexual. I don't care if you slept with 50 people. Man, if you come to our baptism, bring two handkerchiefs as you hear the stories. Because you'll say, another trophy, another trophy. And God didn't save you to load you up with a bunch of man-made rules. He saved you to worship Him. He saved you to love Him. He saved you, come, come as you are. He'll do the cleansing. He'll do the changing. And we're not gonna hand you a rule book. We're gonna just say, He's the rule. He's the rule. Know Him, serve Him.
0: Our series is simply entitled Epilogue, a look at the closing chapters of the Book of Romans here on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Closing out our time together today, we would remind you that if you have questions or comments about the broadcast, we'd love to address them as best we can, prayer requests as well. You're also invited to join us for worship as this broadcast originates from Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, and we'd love for you to be a part of the fellowship. You can contact us for further information at 855-833-9864 or stop by our website, valleybible.org. Our service times are found there at the website, as well as directions to the church. And again, we'd love to see you in person. In fact, if you do plan on joining us, would you let one of the ushers know you were invited by the radio program? That would mean a great deal to us. Kind of helps us understand who all's listening and who all joins us for worship. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864 or valleybible.org. Also, as we conclude our time together today, we would remind you that copies of the broadcast are available when you contact us. If you would like the entire set, For a gift of $15 or more, we'll send it out to you. Simply request epilogue when you contact us. We also have the entire 8-Set Romans series for a gift of $100 or more, and that's 47 sermons altogether. Please remember that these are tax-deductible gifts that you send our way, and it is our way of saying thank you for supporting and sponsoring Truth For Today as we send these resources back out to you again. And if you would like to be a TFT sustainer, where you're helping us out month by month, again, no gift too small or too large, what we would like to do is say thank you by sending out a quarterly newsletter, a once a year special gift, and access to Take a Break with Pastor Phil. It's our weekly video devotional that we'll send out to you via email. Again, contact us for further information about becoming a TFT sustainer, 855 833 9864, or visit our website, valleybible.org. If you're writing to us, the address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. We're found here in Hercules. The zip code is 94547. Thank you so much for joining us today, and until next time, God bless.